Hey everybody, Mike Rothman here, General Manager of TechStrong Research with another edition of the TechStrong Research Review. This is our weekly research meeting where we talk about what's going on, things that are timely, stuff that's in our craw, uh, other general <laughs> annoyances. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we even pat ourselves on the back. But before we go and do that, let me introduce partner in crime, Mitch. How are you, Mitch? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm always doing well, Mike. Uh, we're just busy with so many projects these days. It's great to just kind of, we just did a recap right before we got yeah. to uh, yeah, yeah. review. It's it pretty amazing, all the stuff we're working on. It took about 20 minutes. Just like, damn, we have a whole mess of stuff going on. Uh, but that's not what we wanted to talk about today. So back in predict. 23. So in January, I know it feels like, you know, kind of a couple of years at this point and then, you know, kind of Internet time. It, it kind of is. Uh, but we came out with all these trends right for each one of our coverage areas. We came out with trends. Um, our cloud natives so our second trend for our cloud native um, uh, set of trends. Right. It was called Kubernetes is not a toy. And we really talked about adoption and, and some of the things that had to happen in order to really accelerate and continue to accelerate adoption of um, open source technologies. Right. Cloud native technologies. And, and the first thing we kind of highlighted in that trend was the need to improve tooling. Right? And, and we've got KubeCon in Amsterdam coming up in a couple weeks. I want to say it's two weeks now. Um, so ahead of KubeCon, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit just about, you know, kind of what the state of cloud native is. Was this the right trend? Um, you know, highlight a couple of uh, news pegs that we see on uh, containerjournal.com and, and really, you know, kind of just dig in a little bit to kind of cloud native. We've, you know, the last couple of weeks have been all AI all the time. You know, we did it. We, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, RSA and, and, and data right ahead of our, um, you know, data days conference that, that we're doing or, or data. God, I forget what we call that thing. Um, there are so many of them. Uh, but Mitch, I've been talking too much. Mitch, how are you? You know, what are you expecting from KubeCon? <laughs> you, you know, what do we think is going to happen out there in Amsterdam? You know, if if you've been to KubeCon, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it's it's kind of a sight to see. So I'd encourage folks to get a chance to go Europe or North America, wherever. Um, you know, KubeCon is really part of a big machine, and I say that in a positive way. It's kind of like a a car on a railroad on a train, right? It's it's one of the bigger cars. Uh, but everything that's happening around cloud native Kubernetes containers. Um, observability for all of that, security for all of that, um, yeah, service mesh, you know, you know, anywhere kind of in the portfolio of what you might consider cloud native, and then also kind of supporting things. You know, get announced at KubeCon, uh, get discussed. There's talks on it. Um, there's a great, there's a great agenda for it. Unfortunately, I'm not making it to this one this year, but um, yeah. I was in the Detroit. And uh, I'm excited to see what some of the announcements will be because there's been some interesting things happening already. I see a lot more. This is part of this maturing of Kubernetes. This isn't a toy, right? It isn't just Kubernetes. There's a lot of other things around Kubernetes, uh, you know, whether you're using Spinnaker to do your deploys and other open source or, or a lot of, um, I'm seeing a lot more service mesh kinds of announcements, Istio type things. Which says to me, you're getting more more into the maturing of the architecture of applications. Now you've got a 
okay, I've created a thousand microservices. How the heck do I manage that part of it? Right. And service mesh and then uh, distributed tracing and things like that. So uh, there are kind of way signs along the way that don't involve AI, but or could, but <laughs> yeah. are built on chat GPT, <laughs> like everything in the world is supposed to be by now. <laughs> sarcasm, sarcasm. Yeah. Um, that to me is one another one of the signs. I think another one too, Mike, is how many discussions you and I are in, in security discussions that open up into security people starting to think of the network of what's happening inside of the applications, the network across, you know, cloud native application, all the services talking to each other and, you know, API gateways and all the things that go into doing cloud native. So yeah. I'm curious to see how security might change or might expand its role at KubeCon. We'll see. Yeah, it, it, it will. And, and, and to kind of highlight a, a couple of the, you know, things we see on containerjournal.com, um, you know, right. First thing I'll point out, you know, and, and, and we talked about this, you know, the need for better monitoring, the need, you know, to kind of start to improve and provide some enterprise type of capabilities, right? Not your observability stuff. I mean, we're really talking about, you know, kind of either whether it's Kubernetes or whether it's, you know, kind of other cloud native projects, but the ability to really start to, you know, monitor and then, you know, manage these types of environments. So we see Noble9 unveiling an, an open source EKG tool, you know, to monitor Kubernetes, right? So again, that's part of the thing. Yeah, it's open source, which would kind of make sense as pretty much everything else is open source on, on that front. But what you want are some of these surrounding technologies to be able to, again, feel more confident about the workloads that you're putting into these, you know, kind of cloud native uh, environments. So, so again, we, we start to see things like that. Another, you know, kind of news peg I'll uh, highlight here is, is our pals over at Fairwinds. Uh, you should know them pretty well. They are very frequent contributors to uh, a lot of what we're doing uh, here at, at TechStrong. Uh, they just announced uh, remedi automatic remediation of Kubernetes misconfiguration. So we, we, I don't think we've seen it yet, but it's just a matter of time before we have Kubernetes posture management. There's a new, uh, you know, kind of class of, of tools uh, that are out there really to help you understand what your posture is, what your configurations are. And then obviously what our pals at Fairwinds are doing now is, is automatically remediating that. So, so we've got, you know, kind of the overall monitoring environment with Noble Nines doing, you know, the security and, and automated remediation on that front. And then the, the, the third thing that I'll highlight here uh, is something that, that hit yesterday, actually. Well, you, you guys will see this. So I should probably refer to specific days uh, and the like, but it, it hit recently, which was VMware, right? You know, in the middle of them getting acquired by Broadcom and the like, uh, but their Tanzu group and their Tanzu really their container orchestration environment, you know, simplifying Kubernetes management. So that's something that they're doing at really the platform level in order to continue to make it more achievable, right? for organizations to, to really start basing and building uh, these environments on, on top of Kubernetes. And, and that was just a three-minute view and look at what's happening on containerjournal.com, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on, right? There are a lot of companies that are really addressing this issue, which is really what we said needed to happen to continue to gain the confidence that folks need to, you know, start really moving critical workloads to this cloud native environment. You know, we haven't talked about uh, 
Clyde Native for a while, at least focused on that in one of right. our reviews. So we're we're a bit behind, about a month behind. I think it was the 13th of March in uh, 2013 was when Docker, well, open source, was announced, debuted, shown to the public at PyCon. Ten so you years. think about 10 years of Docker, which is sort of the start of one of the starts to cloud native is containerization. So all of those resume uh, or those job descriptions out there that say I need 15 years of doctor experience, probably not going to find that person. But right. <laughs> just shows you in 10 years, it's kind of like when when the iPhone 10 came back, it yeah. came out. You're like, wow, the iPhone's been out for 10 years, really? Already? It doesn't say. It seems like a lot longer, but that's gone fast. Yeah, and same thing. Can't, with can't remember before those things, right? And, and can't remember before. And, and you, you know, we used to talk about different container things and all that. And then you know, Kubernetes started, and and now it's really starting to hit that inflection point where it's not a matter of of if, it's a matter of when and how much for a lot of these you know organizations that are really revisiting what their you know application platform looks like. And and folks were moving. Again, probably two, three years ago, much more, you, you know, towards thinking about serverless architectures and other, you know, kind of mechanisms that uh, would, uh, again, give them different ways to, you know, really provision workloads uh, and manage that. But the reality is, right, you know, those are very um, fixed kind of trapped environments, right? I mean, if you build something AWS Lambda, it ain't going anywhere, right? Same thing for Google Functions or Azure Functions or any of these things. So yeah, there's a place for serverless architecture, but we've really seen, you know, kind of Kubernetes just because it does provide the, the myth, right? Or, or the promise, I guess promise is a better way to put it, right? The promise of portability, that it just makes it a lot more comfortable for organizations, notwithstanding the complexity of it, but it just makes it more comfortable uh, for you know, organizations to really consider that as their base platform for these new modern applications. Well, and it's, you know, even, even Docker and containers themselves, I mean, we would have the the environment we do today where, you know, you can run in the Google environment or, you know, Akamai or whoever you're running at uh, AWS. You know, so all that stuff's containerized, those environments, so that I can spin that stuff up so fast. But also, how many applications, you know, enterprise applications or those environments that part of their migration to their cl to the cloud was stick it in a container and then move it to the cloud provider right. just to kind of isolate as much as you can and put inside the bubble, if you will, inside the container. Yep. Uh, to get it moved up there. And it's in that's been a key technology. And of course, Kubernetes, you know, moving right along with that for managing your containers and all the microservices that are spread across yeah. those. So it, it was, it, it was, it was comfortable. So you didn't have to actually go through a lot of the nastiness of true refactoring that you could, you know, start to build that in again with, you know, pseudo or, 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 you know, kind of refactoring light. Right. As opposed to full lift and shift where, you know, you're really using your existing architectures, you know, containerizing a lot of these things and, and starting to leverage those services was something. Another, that another name for refactoring is ripping off the Band-Aid. Like, okay, <laughs> we're going to get in there and do some work. Well, that's right. That's the full mode, right? When you start doing that and then you got re-architecture, you know, or possibly even, you know, kind of repurchasing uh, on, on that front. So, so we're actually doing... A pulse meter right now. So, you know, by the time you see this, uh, the, the poll may have come and gone. Uh, but we are doing an, an application modernization 
hole to understand where folks are, you know, about how much is still lift and shift versus, you know, again, refactoring versus actually re-architecting uh, some of these things. So, so again, this is an area that we uh, are spending a, a decent amount of time thinking about uh, because, again, we, we, we view a lot of the surrounding technologies, a lot of the surrounding products as critical success factors to enable again the continued acceleration for workloads being you know kind of placed within a, a kubernetes type of uh, orchestration environment you know i have a question get your thoughts on this i've been thinking lately that we hear a lot about application or app modernization it's and it's and it's not equivalent but i feel like in some ways that's kind of becoming the replacement term for digital transformation. We're all kind of tired of that term. So at least for part of the Venn diagram, we talk about it in terms of app modernization. Yeah. You, you think I'm full of hooey or does that make sense? No, I, but but I think what you're doing and, and a, a lot of that is, is you know, by proxy of, of where we sit in the hierarchy and, and who we talk to most of the time. Digital transformation kind of happens. If we, if we think of left of boom, right, and security folks always think in terms of the timeline, uh, you know, when did we get hit? You know, what happened? How quickly until we remediate? So if you think about, you know, kind of shifting left, not really shifting, or use the words, but moving earlier in the timeline, you have some kind of business catalyst that is driving folks to think about, you know, kind of how their applications need to meet those needs, right? How are we going to meet those requirements? That out of that discussion comes application modernization, right? Because you either look at your existing thing saying, I can fix it, I can replatform it, I can refactor it and get it to where it needs to be to meet this business requirement, or I got to throw it out and then start thinking about really a modern development you know, kind of process, which, you know, again, gets back to, you know, either re-architecture or, or repurchase, which is I'm going to throw it out and I'm going to buy a SaaS thing or I'm going to start from whole cloth uh, and do it that way. So so I, I think the answer is both are true. It really just has to do with it. If you're, you know, particularly focused on the tech stack, then you'll hear much more about application modernization than you will about business transformation because that tends to happen in uh, a different area of the, the exec floor. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, maybe then it is a product of where we are in the digital transformation life cycle because we've built a lot of new things, right? We automated a lot of things. We now have curbside delivery or whatever we needed to do, right? Or whatever no new digital experiences that we were creating over the past, you know, two, three years. And now we're at that place of, okay. There's some existing applications. It is time to, are we going to replace or upgrade? And, 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 so we're at that modernization phase, as well as keeping moving to cloud native yeah. and other things, right? Well, and, and I, I think that's right. And 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 I think that, you know, again, another catalyst that we kind of forget because I don't think a lot of us want to get back in the time machine to, you know, 2020, right? But, you know, a lot of new business processes were out of necessity, really kind of, you know, duct tape, bootstrap, you know, you know, kind of rolled out. And now you can sit there and look and say, hey, we got this thing. It worked kind of, it met the need kind of, but now you may have an opportunity to revisit, you know, kind of that environment. Can we optimize that in an environment where we don't have as many resources as we did? You know, folks are cutting staff, budgets are tighter. So optimizing a lot of these things that may have been done in a suboptimal fashion just due to the time issue 
under a, you know, kind of a pandemic type of, of situation. Now's about the time, right? You know, folks start to feel comfortable. We're starting to hear a lot more about, you know, people going back into the office and, um, you, you know, remote work. Sure. If you happen to live somewhere else, but if you're in this city, get off your ass and come into the office uh, and collaborate uh, a little bit more uh, on, on that front. So, so I think all these things contribute to this, you know, we feel like a groundswell of, of application modernization concepts, but, you know, again, we'll, we'll kind of get back to the theme here, which is it's really an overall in the importance of the maturation of the surrounding capabilities uh, around cloud native technology, specifically Kubernetes, that I think is enabling uh, a lot of these discussions. Another sort of signpost along the way of you know maturation of cloud native. There's a great article I don't remember who wrote it on on Container Journal about how do you overcome the challenges of a air gapped Kubernetes? Okay, I remember going through that in the early security days of how do we do air gap for right. intrusion prevention or for vulnerability management or for whatever. So that's kind of a yes. You eventually have to hit that, especially you know selling to the federal government, of course. The, the definitely a requirement there. So yet yet another thing, you just kind of see these little uh, reminders popping up, say, okay, yep, we're addressing the things that kind of go with maturing, broadening, That's right. implementing That's right. these technologies. Yeah, stuff, stuff that we had largely, at least, I wouldn't say we mastered them, but kind of started to figure out, you know, kind of in traditional infrastructure land, you know, we've got to go back and start to think about how that works in a cloud-hosted, you know, kind of Kubernetes-orchestrated, cloud-native, you know, type of, of environment to enable you to, again, feel comfortable about moving these workloads. And, and that's what it's, I mean, when you think about it, it's psychology, right? You know, there's not a technology driver, there are technology constraints, right? But you're not going to go because you feel like, okay, the technology's there, right? It's an emotional thing saying, you know what, I'm willing to bet my job on the fact that these things uh, are, are ready. You, you, you've always have, you always have the front end of people who are like, you know what, I don't give a rat's ass about my job. I want to do cool stuff. Right. And if, it, and if it goes down in flames, you know, you know, I'll I'll jump out, you know, in my parachute and land somewhere else. And then you need that. Right. You need the innovators who are going to push the envelope on that stuff. But when you get to the mass market, when you get to the, you know, kind of early and then the late majority, if we, you know, dust off Jeffrey Moore's uh, terminology uh, back there, that's crossing the chasm for all you kids out there. Um, you know, us old guys remember that. But, you know, some of you kids may not be as familiar Don't with lie. Jeffrey Moore's. <laughs> Uh, architectures. Uh, but as your, your early majority, as your late, you know, kind of majority gets into this, it really is about that emotional, you know, yes, this is established. Yes, my buddies are doing it. Yes, I, I don't feel a risk to my job security uh, if, um, you know, I start to adopt these technologies. And, and, and that's kind of, again, that, those are kind of the things that we need to see in order to, you know, feel comfortable that we're moving in the right direction. And I think we will. And and that'll be interesting to again see what we what we see out of, of Kubernetes or KubeCon uh, in um, yeah KubeCon in Amsterdam in uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, see you know to what degree at the RSA conference, which is a week after that. You, you know we we hear a lot about Kubernetes security and and see uh, how many of these cloud native uh, companies are are doing both right. So that'll be a little bit of an interesting Venn diagram uh, in terms of, of of you know kind of playing into the security audience. 
and to continue to go back and revisit our trends, you know, throughout the year and point out, you know, hey, this was dead on, right? This maybe a little bit less. So, you know, this third thing, um, you, you know, was kind of getting there. We, we, the jury's still out. And the good news is we're a third of the way, um, or I guess a quarter of the way through the year. Uh, so we've still got time to be right. Well, that's why you revisit the, those, you know, every so often so you can modify what you meant at the time when we said that <laughs> prediction, right? You're not supposed to tell folks the old analyst. Well, this yeah. is behind, that's you know, inside the brands of the analyst. Right? <laughs> that's true. If that, we're going to be insiders, we should be, you know, just candid and honest about uh, exactly how, how we do things. Sure, that's what we meant. <laughs> so good. So that's great. So other uh, announcements we have to think about, man, I mean, stuff we need to tell uh, the audience about. Yeah, uh, you know, we we are um, we're doing some work. Can give you a little bit of a preview. We're doing some work with uh, Container Journal. You know, that's been one of our. It's been, I guess, the third site that we set up after DevOps yeah. and and Security Boulevard. You know, and, and it's really much more than containers and take, it's taken on a life as a cloud native kind of focus. And so we're going to do some work to really highlight the cloud native aspect of it. You'll see some announcements about that site and some cool things that we're doing. And, and we're also kind of kicking around what we're going to do in the AI world. This is something we've been talking about. You know, is this, is this the right time to kind of put a focus on that in addition to what we talk about in the individual sites and things like that? So I think you'll see us do some more there as, as Textron group, you know, and we as, as research, of course, already doing a lot of work in not just containers, but cloud native and AI is a big theme of that as well, as long as long uh, as well as data. So those two things are kind of elevating, I think, in in yeah. our psyche, our view, kind of looking at the horizon and to see more of that from us and research and us and Textron Group as a whole. You bet, hundred percent. So so you, you know we've got a whole bunch of cool stuff planned. Uh, AI is certainly going to be a, an area of focus. We want to do kind of a broader research project on that in the near term. Edge computing, you know, when we talk about, again, cloud native and, and how a lot of those technologies are being moved out to the edge to really start tracking, you know, some of the use cases and the adoption uh, for, you know, these innovations. So we've, we've got a whole mess and a, and a, and a bunch of security things that, that we think are important for uh, folks to track. So uh, we'll be, you know, launching a number of, of cool initiatives over the next couple of months uh, on that front. But but do stay tuned for uh, the, the relaunch of, of Container Journal. That is going to happen in the uh, very near term to make it, I would say, more cloud native friendly. Um, and yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. So so it's been great. So Mitch, always good to, you know, kind of do the, the research review, our little research meeting. I think we learn something every time we, you know, revisit our focus and touch base and uh, all you folks get to get to kind of ride shotgun and and, and hear, you know, kind of our <laughs> internal uh, debates and discussions. And see us at RSA or live streaming on Techstrong TV and our site. So that's, that's right. And if you're interested in interviews, right, we still have open interview slots at, at both KubeCon and uh, RSA. Uh, so reach out to us. Uh, and as always, with any questions or comments or feedback, uh, we are happy to engage and discuss, you know, what we're doing and how we can make it better. Right. The community Absolutely. makes uh, makes our research product better. So so please uh, let us know what you think at any given time. Sounds good. Until next time. Till next time.